Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening, guys? And we've got Pastor John Fabares back in studio with us for a third straight episode. Wow, that's big. This is record time. <laughs> Three it's in a row. Record time. I feel very right special. Now. Thank you. You should, man. We're glad yeah. to have you here. Well, hey guys, my, uh, my kids, I've got you know, five of them at home, and every once in a while, they'll that's watch... That's record-breaking, too. That's almost... Almost record-breaking. <laughs> it's not Duggar level, but it's up there. Um, every once in a while, they'll be watching this show called Tots, right? And it's this show with these cartoon storks that their job is to deliver babies to the different wild animals in the world. And so they're delivering, like, baby zebras and baby tigers and everything else. And all, there's always something that goes wrong, and they need to solve the problem, but... The, the point of all this is that they're, they're teaching my kids as they're watching this that the babies come from storks that, that deliver them. Is that where they come from? That's not where they come from. Okay. And if you guys missed See, our I'm episode... I'm the one without kids, so... If you guys missed our episode on dating your wife, you can go back and listen to that because we talk a little bit about that. Got it. Um, okay. But the point is, you look at a baby and they, they come into this world and you sit there and you stare at this, this child, this human being, and, and you can't help but be amazed at the complexity of the child. You can't help but be amazed at the, the whole concept that God created this life. And that's really the reality of it, right? Is It's not a stork. It's not like there's a conveyor belt of babies up in heaven that's just waiting for storks to grab and bring down to earth. No, this is an act of God. Psalm 139 makes that abundantly clear that God knit uh, us together while we were yet in our mother's womb, that he is the creator behind this. Uh, but so often as we talk with people, they don't agree with that. They don't believe that, that God is no longer in the equation. And what we're here to talk about today is the question of how do we engage with people apologetically when we're talking about the issue of origin? Where did everything come from? Right, that's a confusing thing for a lot of people because once you take God out of the equation, we are accidents, we are stardust, we don't matter. Um, and ultimately, we can kind of live the YOLO mentality of... it. I mean, doesn't really, nothing we do matters. We, we turn into nihilists who say, you know, there's no purpose in life. Right, and if we're matters. honest with ourselves. If you're honest, right. You have to create some kind of purpose in life if you believe in a strictly naturalistic view of evolution, which naturalism means that you know, everything in the world is, is self-contained. There's no supernatural. There's no, you know, outside force like God coming in and, and creating or doing anything. Um, but people who believe in naturalistic evolution, you have to, basically make up a purpose in life for yourself, which is why, you know, a lot of people believe in relativism today. There's, you know, what's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me, mm -hmm. um, because you have to generate that in yourself to have any kind of purpose in life. Right. Or you live for the environment, or totally. you live for some cause that you get behind, and you say, well, this is why I'm here, and this is why I exist. I want to leave the world a better place for my, my offspring and everything else. We go out, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, and we have these conversations on college campuses where we're trying to get to the, the point of sharing the gospel. And one of the questions that we bring with us often is, you know, where did all of this come from? You know, as, as you look around, as, as we're on a campus, you're looking around at the, at the world, you're looking around at the, at the trees, you're looking around at everything in, in around us, and you're saying, where did all this come from? And so often the response that we get is, uh, either I don't know because they haven't really even given it the thought to, to figure that out, or they'll throw, oh, well, it's a, a product of the Big Bang. That's where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, and Pastor John, I know with Road Trip to Truth, you experienced some of the same 
reactions and same conversations with people. Yeah. I mean, when you ask someone like, where did these buildings come from or where did this campus come from? Um, if they're honest, they're going to look at a history book or they're going to look it up. Right. And that's all that we want to do too. We want to look at a history book. We want to look at the person who was there who can tell us what happened. Um, we can try to find some forensic evidence in the world, but ultimately um, the person who was there is the best source for the truth of what actually happened and how we got here. Right. Right. Um, so, Kellen, when you're thinking about this this question, where we come from, everything else, and, and you've got somebody, uh, let's just say it's, it's somebody on the street that you walk up to and start talking with, and you get into this conversation, they're like, well, it, it was the, the Big Bang. Where do you go from there? Where would you go from there? Yeah, what we really want to get them to do is think. Right, um, and you look at the Big Bang, and at the end of the day, some, something had to start the Big Bang. Like something had to be banged. Like who was that banger, uh, for lack of better words? But even in those, even in those situations, like without getting so complex of the Big Bang, it's like let, let's talk about something right in front of us. And so oftentimes there's a, a building or a tree or a table or something that's in front of us, um, and you would say, you know, how did that building get there? And again, like we've been alluding to today is if they're being honest with themselves, they would say there's a builder. There's just absolutely no way that that just showed up there. Um, so in that situation, it's like you have something as in comparison to the entire creation, something as simple as a building. We know for a fact there had to be a builder. Then we, you have to believe that there had to be an intelligent designer to design the way our bodies are. And, and, and if you look at our bodies, the, the, the ability that we have or the ability that our body has to, uh, for our heart to beat, we have zero control over that. There's nothing that I can do. There's no workout. There's nothing I can do to continue my heart beating. It's just beating. There's nothing I can do to stop my eyes from blinking. They just blink. And so a designer created that. So something as complex as we are, we want them to think about, do, do, do you really just think we just showed up and we're just like this? Um, and so that's really what the, the, the thought is. Get them to think. Right. And like you pointed out, Kellen, the difference between you and a building is that you're alive mm -hmm. and the building's not. Yep. Right. And at some point you have to go back um, if you're just looking at whatever you know, scientists say or even creation scientists say, they get back to a point where um, life either comes from life or life comes from non-life. Mm -hmm. And with the Big Bang, you've got the principle of abiogenesis. So biogenesis is when life comes from life. Abiogenesis means life coming from non-life. Um, it's impossible. Right. It, it doesn't happen. Um, and if you ask someone for an example, hey, do you know any example where life, something that's alive, comes from non-life? You can't find it. Um, that's because it's not true. What we would say is when we look at this world and we look at where we came from, we are alive because the Bible says God is alive. Mm -hmm. We have life because God has life and God gave us life. There's even that scene in Genesis where it says he breathed into man the breath of life. That was the point when humans were given life from God. So scientifically, we have the higher ground because we believe in biogenesis, life coming from life, and that life is God. And I think that's a great point, just uh, just referencing science, because oftentimes when we get into these conversations, you'll have somebody that has this, this first line of defense, and they'll say, well, I believe in science. And as Christians, I would validate that and say, yeah, me too. 
right? I believe in science too, but define what you mean by science because you can't just say I believe in science because science doesn't say anything, right? Scientists do. And so getting them, again, getting off the defensive and, and having them defend their case. And oftentimes when you get past that first layer of defense of saying like, hey, I believe in science, I believe uh, that science uh, shows what it proves what God has done from creation, and asking them the same questions, more often than not, you'll find out people don't have an answer for that. Um, and then that gives you the opportunity to, again, be able to fill in those those gaps of where they don't know uh, beyond that, that one line of defense of science. Right. And most Christians, most good Christians, we say you want to come to a point in your life where you understand why you believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, when it comes to their origins, when it comes to the Big Bang or evolution, they never come to that point. So that's why, like you said, if you get one or two questions deep, most people, not everybody, but most people you'll find don't have any more answers. And that's where if, if you're an intelligent Christian who's thought through the issue of life from non-life, you thought through the issue of you know, how can this world come into being without a creator, um, and you think through issues like that, you can start to fill in the blanks for people and, and present a case for God and, and creation that actually makes sense because it's the truth. And this goes back to something that we talked about in our last episode on apologetics, and that is getting over the fear of having these conversations. Um, and it's a lot of time it's the fear of not being the smartest guy in the room. And, and you're worried you're going to go up and talk to somebody and they're going to throw out words like evolution and they're going to throw out words that you don't, you, you just get uncomfortable, your palms start to sweat, and you're like, man, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to look like an idiot here. Right. But again, if you just have the conversation and also in this process, guys, trust that the Lord is going to be working through this conversation as well um, to give you the ability to recall things and, and bring thoughts to mind as you're engaging with them. You can see the light bulbs go on for people. I've experienced it myself. When, when the first answer is thrown out there, well, we came from the, the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and go, okay, but what, what was the catalyst? You know, what, what caused that? What changed? You want to argue for this, this primordial soup that existed from eternity past? Okay, we've got problems with that, but let's, let's allow for that even for a second. What, doesn't there have to be an outside force that acted on that? Right. And you see the light bulbs start to go off for them and they start to come around to this. And it's, it's cool to see. And it's, it strengthens your faith even to begin to have these conversations when you see people start to come around. Yeah. And we, we, we talked about this on a previous episode as well, but the most important thing is we're doing this out of love. We're doing this because we want to see lost souls come to Christ. And it's not about winning an argument. And I think the people that we're having a conversation with, whether it be somebody that you're just passing by, whether it be, you know, somebody that is closer to you that you're going to have a longstanding relationship with, they need to feel and they need to understand that you're sharing this with them because you care, not because you're trying to win an argument, not because you're trying to make them uh, feel dumb because you're, you're you're being so dogmatic about a specific um, topic. But knowing that, look, I'm sharing this with you because I care about you and I want to see you saved is is what they need to walk away with. Right? Yeah, and you need to sometimes fill in the blank on um, why does this even matter? Mm. Right? You talk to the average person, you can convince them that the Big Bang, you need some catalyst for the Big Bang, right? Whatever. And they can step back and say, okay, yeah, I guess you're, you're right, but I don't care. Right. So what? Yep. Right? I'm here. So it doesn't matter how I got here. Um, I'm here. And that's where if if your intention is to share the gospel, you can slide right in there and say, oh, yes, it does matter because if God created you, then you are responsible to him, and so am I. And and 
we can't just do whatever we want because God is there, God is the judge, and God sees everything, and one day we're going to have to give an account to him. Um, it's a perfect segue. The, the, the so what question to evolution and the origin of life should lead us to sharing the gospel with someone. Right, exactly. And, and so often we don't, and we're focused on winning the argument. We're focused on defeating the, the, the lies of, of evolution, and then we're done. And it's like, okay, so maybe you win the, that argument and you've taken somebody from being an evolutionist to now they're a creationist or at least somebody who believes in intelligent design. Mm-hmm. They're still going to hell right. unless you get to the gospel. Right. Yeah. And so you know, we, that's why we need to, to, to use this as an on-ramp to the gospel. Like we talked about in the last episode, we need to be willing to, to enter into these conversations because we all are apologists as believers. There's no... There's no opt-out on that. You need to be able to make a defense, and part of that is is doing things like this. But we need to make sure that we're not camping out here that we get off that. And so I want to transition for a second here. We've talked about engaging with those people that we just kind of come across in these conversations. What about that neighbor that you have that you see all the time or your family member that you know who this is their hobby horse, and you've had this conversation 10, 15, 20 times with them, and they want to come back to it and talk about it again? How do we engage in in those scenarios, I think one thing that's that's critically important in these conversations is be able to to get it to where it's a one on one conversation uh, with your neighbor. Typically, it's probably a one on one conversation. I think it, it, with family members, sometimes you get in, you have these family gatherings, and you try to have these conversations in the midst of everybody else and kids running around and just a lot of distractions. But more importantly. Uh, what, what I've come to, to realize is when you have these conversations in the midst of a lot of people, uh, the person that you're talking to and that you've been evangelizing with, they're not as vulnerable because they don't want other people that might be non-believers as well to see them sort of let down their guard and for them to be open. So a lot of times it's, hey, can you pull this person aside? Can you have these conversations in a one-on-one setting if it if it prohibits itself? But being able to 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 share with them and, and continue to share with them the, the same thing that you you shared previously and and listen to their arguments and be able to listen to what they're hung up on and address those issues and not come in and come at it with a specific script of the same thing every time it's not going to be sometimes it's going to be a lot more sometimes it's going to be just a little bit um, and those conversations that you're going to have are going to vary but it's really important to listen to what they're hung up on and be able to address that again in a one-on-one conversation if you have the ability to do that, that way they can be open and honest with you and not feel the the, the, the pressure of everybody else listening and feel like they got to put up a guard. Right. And ultimately, you don't want to burn the bridge if you can help it, yep. uh, which in this case, most of the time you can help it, right? Your family member. Let's say you've got a cousin or um, a brother-in-law or sister-in-law or whatever that you're having this conversation with. Um, you're going to see them again, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to burn the bridge. It'd be better to burn the bridge with the gospel yeah. than to burn the bir- bridge with um, some kind of apologetic, like, well, this has to be the case. Um, because ultimately, you could even say, okay, let's just say, let's just go with my line of thinking right now for a bit. Let's just say God created the world and that we're responsible to him. Right? Even if you disagree with that, let's just say that's the case right now. And then you could still set up to share the gospel even if they don't believe that initial part, because then they will come to the conclusion of saying, yeah, I should become a Christian, uh, but I have this one problem. And if you can talk them through that and give them good resources and good books, um, their excuses 
for not responding to the gospel are taken away one by one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the one thing to remember is those people that you're having those constant conversations with, you don't have to shove the gospel down their throat every single conversation because that could also burn that bridge. But the most important part is you have to get to the gospel, and that has to be established there. And I think once you establish the gospel and they understand it from what you've explained to them, then that gives you the ability to, that might be a conversation where your presence alone can be a reminder of the gospel to them. But uh, it, it has to start with you getting to the gospel and then you sort of gauging uh, what needs to be said in those conversations through prayer right. before. And ultimately, you got to show them you love them. Right? Yep. 1 Peter 3 talks about um, believing wives who have unbelieving husbands, and it says that start to win your husbands by your, your pure and righteous conduct. Um, and it even says without a word, mm-hmm. right? And we assume that it doesn't mean that those women are never talking about the gospel, but the idea is that over time, as this, this, in this case, the wife of, uh, of an unbelieving husband, this Christian woman who's married to an, a non-Christian man, over time, as he sees her godliness and her kindness and her goodness, that it will warm him up to listen. So that's the other thing. Whenever you're dealing with your family member or someone you know and you're going to have a conversation with, don't share the gospel drop it and run, and then don't be kind, right? You have to be good and gracious and kind, and it has to be coupled with the gospel. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's so important too, because yeah, that, that continued longevity of loving them is going to work to break down those barriers, like you were saying, Pastor John, and and hopefully get them to the place where they're willing to, to hear and listen. Um, somebody who's, who's just diehard, this is the thing I'm going to come back to every single time. Jesus does talk about not casting our, our pearls before the swine. So is there a point at which you feel like we might get there with a family member who is is in this position or a neighbor who's in this position? Yeah, I mean, in the Gospels, when Jesus was giving instructions to his disciples, he says at some point, if they reject you for long enough, and we understand that this is just a principle we're getting from that text, um, shake off the dust of your feet and move on. Uh, your effort can be better spent talking to another family member or someone else. But remember that it's even helpful to vocalize this. The door's always open. Hey, if you ever want to talk about this, right. talk to me. Right. Don't ever shut the door, right. even if they're shutting the door. Be like, hey, uh, we might, you might not want to talk about this anymore, but if you ever want to talk to me about this, like, just know like you can talk to me about anything. Right. Right. Leave the door open, but then maybe spend more of your efforts with someone else. Right. Right. Yeah, we want to adorn the gospel. You know, we want to adorn uh, Christianity. We don't ever want to be obnoxious, overbearing, uh, but we always want to be available, and we always want to be looking for those on-ramps to, to point them to Christ and point them to the gospel. Um, well, guys, this has been uh, another hopefully profitable episode for y'all. Uh, we're thankful again for Pastor John being here for episode number three in a row, again, tying a record here on Quality Manhood. Wow. This is a big day for us. Uh, Men, we're praying that you have opportunities to apply these things. Like we talked about last episode, some good resources to get your hands on. Uh, Go back and listen to episode 18, those books that we recommended there. um, Those have a lot to say about this question of of origin, this question of evolution, this question of where did this all come from and how do we engage with people who may uh, disagree with us on that. Go back, check out some of those resources. And in the meantime, we will be praying for you guys that you will be quality men as you continue to live out your faith this week. Uh, Looking forward to next time with you. If you're enjoying this podcast, again, please jump on whatever platform you listen to. uh, Give it a like, give it a subscribe, a follow, uh, and a review if you would as well. And we will see you guys next time. 